All right, have a seat if you would. Uh, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 this morning, but uh, we're glad uh, that you're here, whether that's in person or online. want to welcome you. I hope everybody is doing well. Um, I want to mention just a couple of uh, upcoming things before uh, we jump into the message. So uh, n- next Sunday, I- instead of a, a message, we're going to have a panel like we talked about. Uh, it's kind of it's Ask Anything Sunday. And so you can send in a question uh, during the week uh, this week, um, you know, through our Facebook page. You can email us, text us, that kind of thing. Or you can do it live next Sunday morning. And uh, I really encourage you, uh, I mean, even if you're online or if you're here and uh, you want to share this with people online, probably if, you, if we went back and checked the analytics over the years, probably these services, and I guarantee you in the top five, there, this would probably be at least three of them, of the services we've had the most response to online is when we've done these Ask Anything panel discussions. And so... Um, really, we would like it to be you know, a witness to non-Christians. So if you have friends who aren't believers, maybe even who are skeptics, uh, encourage them to tune in, encourage them uh, to share their questions, uh, wh- whatever question you have. Uh, the panel is going to be me and Lori Arward, our church counselor, and uh, then Dr. Ryan Stokes, who is a Bible professor at Carson Newman. Uh, he has a PhD, either, from, I don't remember if it's from Yale or Harvard, but it's one or the other. So if somebody has any really hard questions, we'll let him uh, handle those, I guess. But I would encourage you to use this as an outreach. I, I know that can be a little little uh, maybe awkward right now. It's a little harder maybe in some ways to invite people to church at this moment. But like I say, this kind of thing that works really well uh, online. And so uh, I would encourage you to give that kind of invitation. Uh, If you're on Facebook, we have some promo material on there. And then like I've mentioned, at the beginning of August, we're planning on as much as you can plan on anything uh, more than 20 minutes in advance right now. Uh, we're planning on starting a series called uh, True Justice in an Unjust World in, in uh, the first Sunday in, in August. And, and I think that will really speak to some things that are going on in our nation, in our world uh, right now. And so uh, today, this is a, not part of a series, just an individual message. And it, it's kind of a, I don't know, maybe a mid-year tune-up for us, usually the first Sunday of the year. We kind of cast vision uh, for uh, the, you know the coming year and uh, talk about where we feel like the Lord is leading us and, and some things like that. And uh, we, we did it in tandem this year. Each of the elders and, and Pastor Philip spoke, and I'm sure that whatever we said that day was prophetic, and all of it has happened exactly uh, the way that we said it was going to happen that day because uh, that's how this year ha- has gone. So. Um, maybe in light of that, uh, uh, maybe let's kind of do a, a mid-year kind of tune-up and, and let me talk about some things that I think are important to us as a uh, church right now. And, um, you know, I've kind of said this on and off over the last few weeks, but it's true. Um, even though it's more complicated right now, I think the church is more important than she ever has been. Uh, it's, it's a time for us not to shrink back but to step up. It's a time where uh, how we do things may have to be different, 
But what we do as far as carrying out uh, the, the mission of God, of seeing people from every tribe, tongue, people, and nation, uh, you know, meet Jesus, become followers of Jesus, meeting people where they are, helping them become fully devoted followers of Christ, uh, living uh, and treating each other as the body of Christ, being a witness to uh, the world. I think that's more important than, than ever, both for us and the world. I think we need each other right now, and the world needs the church right now. Now, obviously, that's way more complicated and, and probably takes more effort and more intentionality right now to be plugged into a church or even to be plugged in, in a sense, in our walk, our relationship with Jesus. There's a lot of things that can distract us from that right now. But I, you know, I would encourage us, I would challenge us to make our own personal walk with the Lord a priority. But I would encourage you to be plugged into a small group. Uh, you know, there, there's options, even if you don't feel comfortable being around people. I think a lot of our groups are, are meeting in person, but they're like, you know, we also, like in our small group, have a Zoom option. I know some of the other groups are doing that same kind of thing where you can do it either way. But, you know, you can call people, you can text people, you can message people, you can check in on people, you can stay connected to people if you'll make that uh, effort. You know, you can be plugged in online. Uh, you know, we can still share faith. We can can still share messages with people and, and, and that kind of thing. And, and so really, like I say, you know, we, we've tried to be very clear that how you engage right now, you need to let the Lord lead you in that, uh, you know, coming to church in, in person right now, those kind of things. We really believe it's a Romans 14 kind of issue. It, it, it's a gray area, but still being the church, still needing other Christians, still walking with Jesus, still reaching out to others, still serving people is not a gray uh, area. Those are biblical absolutes, commands of God. Uh, like I said, uh, how we do things may need to be a little different in this moment, but what we are doing, we don't have the right or authority to change because we're under the authority of the Word of God. So, we may just have to work a little harder at it. So what I want to talk about uh, this morning from 1 Corinthians 12 is your place, our place within the body of Christ. And so when you read the New Testament, there's a tremendous emphasis on the local church. Most of the books of the New Testament are letters written to particular local churches, that, but they were written under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, so they apply to us today. They're God's inerrant, inspired word for us today as well. Uh, they have to be contextualized, but they still speak to us today just as much as they did then. And uh, the reality is that, that we come to Christ as an individual but, and we're all individually in Christ, but we're also all corporately in his church. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. We're the people of God, the family of God. Those are some of the images that the, the New Testament uses for the church. But the one we're going to look at today is the fact that we are the body of Christ. And, and the body of Christ is ultimately the universal church, which is all believers in heaven and on earth. But it, it's... The, the universal church, there's also you know, individual 
unique local churches of which true life is one, which is the tangible expression of the body of Christ. And so we need to think about ourselves, and we probably don't do this enough as part of the wider body of Christ, but I think this kind of thing is probably easier to apply in our particular local context as us being a uh, body of Christ. And so, uh, you know, I just want us to think about what it means for us to be a part of the body of Christ, how we're to live as a part of the body of Christ, how this applies to our lives, especially in these goofy times uh, that that we are living in uh, today. And so there's just uh, three basic truths I want to give you today uh, about the body of Christ. I mean, we could spend weeks on this chapter. Uh, This is not a deep dive. This is just hitting some real basic things. And uh, the first one to kind of lay a foundation, the last two are just going to be real super practical, life application-oriented uh, kind of things. But uh, here, here's the first truth I want you to notice from 1 Corinthians 12 today, and that is we are placed into the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit. We're placed into the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit. Whether you recognized it or not, whether you knew this is what you were getting into or not when you became a Christian, whether you want it to be this way or not, when you get saved, the Holy Spirit places you not just into Christ, but into the body of Christ. In other words, you thought maybe you were signing up for Jesus, but you were actually signing up for Jesus and the church. It's kind of like when you got married, you thought you were marrying your spouse. You were actually signing up for spouse and in-laws, not just the spouse, for better or for worse in your particular situation. Don't say too much right now. Uh, But we're placed into the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit. Look at what God's Word says here in verse 1. Paul writes, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. And so, If you read through 1 Corinthians, apparently they had posed a series of questions to the Apostle Paul that he was attempting to answer. And one of the questions that he was attempting to answer here apparently must have been about their understanding or apparently misunderstanding of spiritual gifts. And so that's actually the context of chapters 12 through 14, not just chapter 12 and not even just chapter 13 that we often call the love chapter. But he goes on here and he says, You know that you were Gentiles, carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And then let's skip down to verse 12 for right now. We'll come back to verses 4 through 11. But he says in verses 12 and 13, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, Jews or Gentiles, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit. So we're placed into the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit at the moment of conversion. When when he's talking about being baptized by the Holy Spirit here in verse 13, notice what he says. He says, For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body. Now, let me me ask you some questions about this, uh, just hopefully kind of clear up a little bit of confusion. So who is doing the baptizing here? 
Okay, the Holy Spirit. Maybe I probably should have started with this question, but what, what is baptism? What's, what's the word baptize mean, actually? It means to immerse. It means to place into. Uh, is there any water in, this, in these verses? You see, what, what baptism is referring to depends on the context that it's used in. Like in Romans 6, it talks about baptism. There's no water there. There's no water uh, here. because uh, it, it means to be placed into. So the Holy Spirit is doing the baptizing. Who is being baptized? Okay, we were all. So it would have to be all believers. That's the only way he could say we were all, right? And then what are they actually being baptized into? Into one, into one body. All right? So the baptizer is the Holy Spirit. The baptizees are all believers. What they're actually being placed into is the body of Christ. And so that has to mean that the baptism of the Holy Spirit refers to the Holy Spirit placing you into Christ's church at the moment of salvation. It's not talking about a second baptism later where you receive the Holy Spirit like some groups uh, teach. It's a different thing. Uh, you know, we receive the Holy Spirit uh, when we're saved. We're to live a life of being filled with the Holy Spirit. But we see here very clearly in Scripture that the Spirit of God is placing us into the body of Christ. Now, there's four truths that I want to give you about this to help us understand this. So, number one, Jesus is the head of the body. If you look back here in verse 3, it says that Jesus is Lord. Elsewhere in the New Testament, it refers to Jesus as the head of the body. In Colossians, it says, in all things, he's to have the preeminence. He's the Lord of the church. He's the centerpiece of the church. He's the leader of the church. The the ruler over uh, the, the church, that means that we as the church function under the lordship of Christ, that we are to follow him, we're to take our orders from him, so to speak, we're to do what he tells us to do, and that means if we're Christians, we're called to lives of obedience individually and corporately under the lordship of Christ. Second, we see here that the Holy Spirit works in us to bring us to saving faith. Um, he, he says at the end of verse 3, no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. In other words, if someone is genuinely uh, confessing Jesus is Lord, if someone is genuinely being converted to Christ, it is happening because of the work of the Holy Spirit. It, it, it's supernatural. And I understand that Christians debate different details when it comes to the doctrine of salvation and election and all these kind of things. But anybody that's orthodox, you may agree or disagree on some of the details, but anybody who's orthodox affirms that it's the work of the Holy Spirit that is bringing us to Jesus Christ. I mean, we just can't wake up one day and say, hey, I think I'd like to be a Christian and I'm ready to repent of sin. Nobody does that naturally because we're spiritually dead. And so if you're saved, you can't take any credit for it. It's all the work of God by his grace. And, and the spirit is the one who is bringing you to Jesus in some way. That's what he's saying here. It's all by the grace of God. And then three, we, like we saw here, the Holy Spirit places us into the body of Christ 
But then, number four, and this is really important, and this is what the rest of the chapter develops and what we're going to look at. This means that we are united together in Christ. And we see in this chapter that we're to live in unity and ministry to one another out of love. Listen, if you study church history, you'll find that one of the ways that the, the church grew so rapidly in the Roman Empire is that when there was a plague and everybody else fled, the Christians stayed. And they took care of each other. And they just didn't take care of each other. When people who were scared of dying would abandon their families, Christians would take care of them because they weren't afraid of dying. And the church grew so rapidly because the world around them looked and said, look at how these people love. Does the world see that in us today? I think a lot of what the world sees in us today is angry political Facebook posts instead of love. And I'm not saying that there's not a place to speak our convictions, but you know the Bible says to speak the truth in love. Jesus said, by this all men will know that you're my disciples, if you have love for one another. And in using that example, please don't misunderstand and think that I'm not saying that we shouldn't be wise and we shouldn't take precautions and we shouldn't listen to scientists and doctors and that kind of thing in a time like this. But I also think that we have to wrestle with our fear. And if we believe what we say we believe, the ultimate thing that we should be motivated by is not by fear of death. Be wise, listen, but don't run away from the body of Christ. Don't run away from people in need. We need each other more now than we ever have. The world needs us more now than it ever has. It, listen, if we really believe what we say we believe, that Jesus is the only way to God and Jesus is the hope of the world, where is the world going to find that other than through the body of Christ? So, uh, that leads to the, the second part of this, I think really, uh, you know, kind of the, the, the meat, the heart of this chapter. And that is that we need and are needed by the body of Christ. You know, sometimes people say, why should I go to church? Or why should I be a part of a church? And that's really a better question because, you know, you can, you can show up at a church and it means practically nothing. But, I mean, why should you really be plugged in in a church? Whatever that needs to look like for you right now, but just in general. And sometimes, uh, you know, people, I just don't even get it. But here's the reality biblically is you need other Christians and other Christians need you. You need to minister to others and you need to be ministered to by others. That's true for every believer. Look, look at what Paul writes here. He says, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. So if you remember uh, the U2 song, One, from back in the early 90s, my guess is Bono was thinking about this verse when he wrote uh, that song, and, and he said, We're one, but we're not the same. That's what this verse is saying. We're unique, 
but we're interdependent. We're, we're individuals, but we're all a part of one body. The body has many members. There's millions and millions of Christians, but we're all a part of the same body. It doesn't have anything to do with race, with nationality, with color, with socioeconomic class. We are one body in Christ, unique but interdependent, needed. He says, by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free. We've all been made to drink into one spirit. For, in fact, the body is not one member, but many. And so he, he uses this analogy of the human body. He says, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? I, I mean, this is almost kind of comical. Could you imagine, uh, you know, if the parts of your body were having, actually having this conversation amongst themselves? And, and of course, you know, the, the, the brain is the command control center of a human being. If there's something off in our brain, then if, if there's not a connection there, then everything else is off. Or if one part of our body is off, then it hurts the rest of the body. Right? I mean, like you ever uh, hit your finger with a hammer and you felt like you were just hurting all over? Uh, you ever had like a foot or a knee problem on one side and then you start having problems on, uh, with the other leg because you're overcompensating? Or, I mean, I've used this illustration a million times. I don't know any better way to illustrate it. But, you know, when Molly, our daughter, was born and had open-heart surgery when she was three days old, she had something called a coronary artery fistula. And um, her coronary artery, you know, was enlarged, and so wasn't making the proper connections. And, uh, you know, so the blood wasn't getting oxygenated. And so, I mean, she crashed the night before the surgery. All of her major, major organ systems literally shut down. Her whole body was off. Because a part of her heart was a few millimeters bigger than it was supposed to be. One part of the body affects the entire body. Listen, if you're in Christ, you have to start seeing yourself not just as you, but as a part of the whole and realizing that what you do and don't do affects the rest of the body. That's one of Satan's greatest lies in our individualistic American culture that it's just about me when it's about all of us. That's part of what it means to be in Christ. If you're not walking with the Lord, that's not just your business. That affects the rest of the body of Christ. If you're not using your gifts, that's hurting other uh, Christians, which in turn uh, hurts the world. If you're in sin, it affects the rest of the body. That's what this is saying. We're, 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 yes, we're unique, but we're interdependent. We're many, but we're one in Christ. He says, if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If, if the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them in the body, just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? It wouldn't be a body, it'd be a monstrosity. He says, but now indeed there are many members, yet one body. 
And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary, and those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor, and our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. But our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. Did you hear that? No schism in the body. Have the same care for one another. If one's suffering, the rest of us are to suffer with that person. If one's rejoicing, we're to rejoice with uh, that person. And so maybe, uh, hopefully to help us see this, I want to share a testimony with you. It's by video. It's actually my wife, Robin. And uh, what she's referring to, for those of you who don't know, is in January of this year, just kind of out of the blue, she was diagnosed with stage zero breast cancer. And I mean, she's cancer-free now, but in the interim, she's had two lumpectomies and gone through radiation treatments. And, but just listen to her as she talks about this. As the body of Christ, we need each other. And we also need to be needed by each other. Um, one of the best ways that we do it here at True Life is through our small groups. Um, you know, if you have, if you have to have surgery or if you have something going on in your family, if you have an emergency, our small groups just rally around each other. It's happened, I've watched it happen in so many small groups. It's, it's happened um, in my life too. And um, it's just one of the best ways to have these people who automatically come when you need help. You know, at this time in our history, I guess, I feel like that we need each other more now than we probably ever have before. Um, all the uncertainty, um, just kind of being there for each other, being uh, listening and, and helping because there's, you know, people have lost jobs and um, people have emotional struggles with just kind of getting used to the new normal, whatever that is. I don't even think we have a normal anymore. But um, we really need to be sensitive to how other believers need us and, and how um, we can be really key in helping them through difficult times especially. I mean, I think helping each other just through day-to-day -day life is great too, but for me personally, um, and I'll try to do this without getting too emotional, but you know, 2020 um, has held a few things for me that I didn't see coming. And um, I can say without any hesitation at all that the way I survived, have survived 2020, has been uh, by the grace of God and by the love that I have been shown by other believers. Um, I mean, I could start listing things, and I even thought about, like, counting how many people, but then I thought, no, I'll miss somebody because of how many things came from so many different directions. There's been three different times this year when people from church provided meals for us. Um, in one of those, there's this one family that they provided four different meals. Now, there was only three times we were doing it, but four different meals because that was just their way of helping us. And so I'm not suggesting that everybody should do four meals. I'm just saying it was really cool and it was such a relief to me um, during those times when maybe I didn't have energy um, to cook a meal or 
perhaps it was like part of the time because of our world right now, I actually couldn't even go in a grocery store. Um, when I was having radiation, my doctor did not want me to go in any kind of open place like that. And so I couldn't even buy groceries. And so having Christian friends who were providing meals was a wonderful way um, the body of Christ was showing me love. But it wasn't just like the body of Christ at True Life. Um, crazy things happen. Like one day I got a call and um, the ladies here at church said I had a package at church. And I came down and in that package was a quilt that a group of ladies from Faith Baptist Church made for me. I don't even know those ladies. I've never met them still. Um, in the mail, Jimmy and I got cards, a lot of cards, and we got one from a church, I think it was in Bean Station. We don't know anybody at that church, but they sent us a card, a prayer card, reminding us that they were praying for me during this time. I got a package in the mail one day from a lady whose daughter was in our youth group when Jimmy and I got married. And that lady herself is struggling with cancer right now, and she took the time to buy a care package for me of individual things to encourage me during this time. Um, but you know, because of all the encouragement that I received, I mean, I can't not do that back. Like during this time also, one of my coworkers had to have heart surgery. And so I took a meal during my time of radiation. I took a meal to his family. We, I think we just need each other, the body of Christ we need each other. And so I just want to encourage you that if you ever think about doing something for someone or you wonder if it would be a good idea to say something or send that card, can I just say, send that card. Say that encouraging word. Um, give that gift. My love language happens to be gifts. So these people, they didn't know that. I've never met them, but God knew that. And he laid it on their hearts that that was their way of showing love to fellow believers. And we just, the body of Christ, we need each other. And I just want to encourage you, um, it's okay to need each other, and it's okay to meet somebody else's need, because you'll never regret it. And the blessing you receive, there's just no words to put, I can't put it into words. As the body of Christ, we need each other. And we need each other. We're needed by each other. Uh, you know, like Robin mentioned, one of the ways that we really do this at True Life is through small groups. And, you know, we would love to help you get plugged into a small group because really, you know, that's a tangible way that we can function as uh, the, the body of Christ. Uh, you know, for example, uh, you know, our missions pastor in, in Honduras, Pastor Helio, I mean, I don't know if you, uh, you know, realize this or not. Some of you probably know this, some of you don't. But Honduras has been on lockdown for almost 120 days now, at least the major cities. Parts of it, uh, you know, not for that whole time, but uh, almost 120 days in, in Tegucigalpa where they are. And uh, he said their church is doing well, and the key has been small groups. Uh, now, they're meeting online because when I say lockdown, I'm saying that people can go out once every two weeks uh, based on the last digit of their ID card. That's what I'm talking about when I talk about uh, lockdown, you know, with things being closed down. And uh, they were, you know, wanting to apparently kind of starting just a little bit to back off of it. But 
I mean, really, I mean, when they started the lockdown, they had like 24 cases, and now there's over 25,000. So, I mean, there's no real end in sight uh, uh, for it, and so I uh, don't know how long that's going to last. So let me mention here, this here, if, as a way to serve the wider body of Christ. Like I said, we can fly this to our local church, but the body of Christ is the entire church, and we need to think about that. I mean, I'd encourage you to pray for the persecuted church, uh, around the world, you know, I would encourage us, like I said, we're, you know, it's one body. So there's many of us, but we're all connected to each other in some sense. You know, uh, for a lot of us right now, life is, there's a lot of annoyances. For some people in the United States, life is hard. But there's a lot of people around the world, they'd love to be here right now. We're talking like starving. Um, you know, and in Honduras, you know, I've asked Julio, I was like, how are people surviving? He's like, I don't really know. Uh, with a lot of suffering in a lot of cases. Um, and so something that we've been doing, you know, with the Boys and Girls Club ministry down there, you know, they've not been able to meet in the clubs. They're producing an online program. But the, the money that would normally go to the, you know, function of the clubs month in and month out, we've kind of reallocated that toward food distribution. And so, in, in addition to that, some people have started giving to that. And so, if you would like to give to help people literally be able to eat in Honduras, uh, you, can, you can write a check, you can go online. If you do it online, if you'll just give it to the Honduras Boys and Girls Clubs, it'll go there. And for right now, it'll go toward food. Or if you want to write on a check, Honduras Boys and Girls Clubs, or just Honduras food, if, if that's easier, uh, we would ask you to do that. And, and you know, and through distributing food, uh, they'll, they'll share the gospel uh, a, a, as well. I would encourage you also in thinking about the wider body of Christ and just our mission at, at True Life. A lot of our mission is about planting churches. And so uh, continue to pray for Children of Christ, the Micronesian congregation. They've done w really well through this. Uh, continue to pray for new creation the church plant in Morristown. They actually, last week, were able to sign a lease on a lease-to-own agreement on a building. Uh, God has really blessed there. They've done incredibly well through all this. And if some of you aren't working on uh, Wednesday morning, they could actually use some hands to help uh, move some things from where they are and from God's warehouse. I think they'll actually be meeting at God's warehouse. We'll put out a time. Uh, but if, if you could meet there and help them to move some things. And also, just so you'll know, uh, you know, we, the, the legacy church plan in Dandridge and Brian Meyer's been a church planner intern for us. They've actually decided for right now just to kind of pull back into just a small group because of kind of where they were when this started and kind of just everything with COVID. Be back at, at True Life for a while and we'll see what happens uh, down the road. But we would love to help you get plugged into a small group here at True Life. All right, last truth I want to give you here uh, so we can finish up this morning. We see here in these verses, back to verses 4 through 11, and then at the end of the chapter, and really in, in multiple other passages in the New Testament, that we are gifted for serving the body of Christ. Look at what Paul writes here. He says, there, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And this is verse 4. Verse 5, there are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. And so what that's saying is this. A spiritual gift is a 
divine enabling of the grace of God through the working of the Holy Spirit to serve others. That's what it means by the manifestation of the Spirit in this context. But notice it says it's given to each one. That means every believer has at least one spiritual gift. So that means there is some way that God has specifically, uniquely equipped, gifted you to serve. But notice it says, given to each one for the profit of all. So the gifts that you have are given for the benefit not of you, but for the body of Christ. And so he goes on here and he says, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing uh, by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, uh, different kinds of tongues or languages, to another the interpretation of tongues. And then in other passages, the New Testament names things like uh, exhortation, uh, teaching, uh, helps. Uh, you know, there, there's probably at least 20 gifts that are named in, in, in the New Testament. But then he says in verse 11, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So, The Holy Spirit gifts us in the way that he sees fit to use us within the body of Christ. And so the idea is that we are stewards of the gifts that we've been given, and we're to take those gifts and use them as much as we can for the glory of God, for the benefit of the body of Christ, and for the spread of the gospel in the world. And that is part of God's mission plan purpose for every one of our lives. That's part of where we find satisfaction. Church is so much better when you're a a participant instead of a spectator. There's so much more to it than listening to somebody talk. There's actually engaging in worship. There's actually engaging in service. There's actually sharing the gospel with people. There's actually, what is more satisfying than functioning as the hands and feet of Jesus, functioning as the body of Christ, and God actually using us in some way? He doesn't need us, but by his grace, he chooses to use us. And so, you know, usually the way that you figure out your gifts is just, you know, What interests you? What are you passionate about? What do you think you might be good at? What do you want to do? And try it. See if it's fruitful. See if you find satisfaction in it. And see if other believers affirm you in it. And then that's usually a pretty good clue to how God has gifted you. And if you're serving according to your gifts, I mean, you're going to find fulfillment and satisfaction. And if you tried serving and you're like, I don't know about this, it probably means you haven't discovered where you're actually gifted yet. And so I want you to listen to to a couple of people share testimonies just about their experience with service. been serving since I was around 12. Um, I started serving in the kids ministry because I feel like God gave me that desire to work with kids um, here or in Honduras. I've been able to serve in different classes or areas throughout the church um, here or in Honduras and 
God really just gave me that desire to work with the kids. That I feel like that was one of the gifts that he gave me was just being able to work with and relate to, to kids. But, you know, once I started serving, you know, I, I had a passion for I wa- I wanted to, but God really was able to use that um, desire to work with kids to get me plugged in in different areas through teaching or leading different activities with the kids or, you know, VBS things. And, and you know, that that encouraged me to be able to be a part of something like that. And I wanted to encourage everyone here that, you know, God has given us each a gifting, you know, whether that be working with kids, technology, music things, greeting, anything like that. God, God has given us all talents and giftings to, to be able to serve. And I encourage you guys, if you guys are not plugged in, you know, find, find somewhere with your spiritual gifts that you can connect with and you can be used that way. And if you don't know what your spiritual gifts are, I encourage you to reach out to someone who can help you figure that out. You know, reach out to Pastor Philip or any of the staff here at church and, and find, you know, where you can get plugged in. But I encourage you to do that because you know, we are all called to serve, you know, if we, you know, are Christians and, you know, we are called to serve the body of Christ. And, but more than just that, you know, it is a joy for me to serve because I'm fulfilling, you know, what God has called me to do. But in serving, there are times that even though I've been serving someone else, it has blessed me in in ways just, you know, of encouragement or, you know, prayer or different things. And, and I encourage you guys to get plugged in and use your gifting to serve the Lord because it will, it will reach beyond even the sphere of people that you think you are reaching out to. So I encourage you guys to do that. Hi, I'm David Perez and uh, I started attending True Life in early fall of 2019. And, um, in the following months of when I first started to come here, uh, I decided I wanted to become a member. So I signed up for the uh, Discovering True Life class that they were going to have in January. And it was a four-week class. We met three times. And um, and through that class, you have the packet to uh, discover your spiritual gifts. And... Um, and I had never done this before, and I was kind of new to it all, so I wasn't exactly sure even at the end of the packet. And so um, after I was done uh, with the class and a member, I had a follow-up phone call with uh, with Pastor Philip, and he had asked if, there were, if I had thought of any ways that I could plug in, and I hadn't really thought of anything yet, and um, told him and talked to him about it later and then he had called another week later and followed up on that other follow-up and asked and uh really hadn't hadn't put a whole lot of thought into it and then uh the whole covid thing started making an impact on the united states and um people were talking about not being able to meet in person to worship person to worship and uh so we decided to I decided to uh, help out with streaming and I plugged in and I uh, was able to be used in any way possible because my day job is IT so I figured 
I know about computers. I can help with computers. So um, helped with streaming the online church platform in any way I could possibly be used. I helped out. So um, really, it was an amazing uh, way for I had no idea what I was going to do, and everything everything kind of just fell into place for me to be used. And, uh, and it's been great. I've loved working. Um, it's, it's really been, it's been fun. It's been rewarding. And, um, that's, that's really, it's, it, it has been a great experience. So <clears throat> I would encourage you, you know, under the Lordship of Christ, you know, the one who is head of the church, you know, to use your gifts and in, in service and,